Okay. Ready? Yeah. Holy smokes, this is loud. How oh. Turns out? <laughs> I'm like blowing my ears. Is that better? A little bit. It's like still super loud. This is a loud um, as there's, there's a little where you're, it's plugged in. There's a little oh. volume there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Holy smokes. I don't think I've ever heard myself this clear. <laughs> I do have a raspy voice. Are we recording? Yeah, you do have a unique voice, and it's a good voice. Yeah, I'm not. I'm okay with it, but I completely have like I don't know. It's not nasally, and it's not. I don't know. It's, it's just, not nasally. It's just like yeah, you raspy, just kind of have a rasp. Deep. It's very unique voice, and I think that's good. But I bet you get teased about it. Um, I I don't think that teased is the right word, but I know what you mean. Like it's noticeable. Uh-huh. Like people comment on it and yeah. my girlfriends are generally like joe where's joe joe holler you know you got that person that can whistle i think you can whistle right um you can do that whistle. i can whistle but i can't do the one where, where it's, it's like, like really loud yeah where with you the, your, finger, your fingers no. yeah in your mouth yeah <laughs> i'm that person that like you can't whistle but you can like yell and it's like a sharp it's not yell but it's like kids let's go and i'm generally like hey round it up <laughs> like the ump you know or, i was just trying to picture you as a kid in like class if you put your hand up or you were on a team and yelling. Blurting. Yeah. Yeah. I was a blurter. My son came home and he's like, Mom, I got in trouble in school. I'm like, why? He's like, I was blurting. I'm like, what? What? He's like, I blurted. I'm like, you blurted? Like, it's a thing they just blurt the answer out. Mm. Blurt. Oh, I was like, that's a term? Like, blurting? Uh, it w- could be added to the list of my sons. I'm on a first name basis with our principal. And Ooh. yeah. What's going on fun. there? I don't know. I don't know. Transition spring. <laughs> We're doing a whole study now because it's in like the pants? constantly. Yeah. Ants in the pants disrupting class. He just got kicked off a field trip and had to sit on the bus because he was just like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm not there. It's so hard. Oh, no. So We're just going to see if he's got some issues where he just can't sit still and he can't not. Bug other time. people when he's bored. He can't, yeah. Hard time focusing. Yeah. Needs so. something to do. Mm-hmm. Is it during certain times? Like, is he under levels? Like, is he not reading? You know what I mean? Like, no. you know how sometimes kids get bored because they're not challenged? Yes. Or they can be bored because they just, like, have attention. I don't know if it's either of those things because his academics seem pretty on point. Um, and... But I don't think he's so high above that he's... I think he's just bored if he's not interested. And he doesn't like writing assignments at all. So if he has to sit and write or, like, read a story and then write about it, I just... He's just like, I don't know. I don't care about ancient Egypt. (laughs) Right. Well, and I get that. I was reading a book... I've been reading a couple books. That's kind of one of my goals this year is to read a book a, a month. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so they were talking about... It's I'm reading Dale Carnegie's um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yes. And he talks about that, like how to get children to listen, right? And it's the same. It's essentially the same with adults is criticism doesn't get them to listen. Like you're not going to get your child to do the assignment because you're like, you have to do it now. Whatever. Um, and I have not been like that, but I've done that. You yeah. Know? And so now it's kind of like, well, tell me why. You gotta, tell me why you don't like it. Well, I don't like it because it's this and it's that and more than it's boring. So if he says agent Egypt is boring, well, why is it boring? And before you know it, he actually knows how to write his paper. Like, right. Well, let's write down. Okay, it's boring because it's just about pyramids. Well, what about the pyramids? Yeah. They're this or that. I mean, you essentially can structure his paper. Well, and we did um, kind of identify that 
So he was telling me about a story that he was writing, and he really loved the story. He was, like, redoing a fairy tale. Oh. But I said, well, then why wouldn't you sit and do it in class? And he goes, I can't stand the sound of pencil on paper. Oh. So we've got some sensory things going on we've identified, like, with his pediatrician and at school. Like, we're literally sitting down and delving into it because he's really sensitive to sounds. Ah. Like, if we read a book at night and the pages rub together, it's like... You and I listening to Nails on a Chalkboard. He, like, puts his hands over his ears. Oh. So, I don't know. But otherwise, everything seems good. Like, he'll just hang out and he's good. But then, so then now they let him write with a pen. And that seems to have helped. Crazy. Yeah. It's, or I said, could we give him headphones and have him listen to music? Right. I don't know. Wh- if that's <laughs> the problem, but he actually knows the story he wants to write. Or is it the physical act of writing? He doesn't really like that. You know, he's left-handed. He took a while to figure out that he was left-handed, and he just doesn't like gripping a writing instrument. Huh. I know. That's but he likes crazy. coming up with the story, so that's right. not the problem. And typing, I suppose. And Yeah. You know, that's kind of funny. I can kind of relate to that in the sense of I get testing anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, nuts. And I didn't know it until I was out of school. Yeah. Like, I didn't. And it, it's honestly like my palms sweat. I get all clammy. <laughs> Even when like real estate classes and continue ed that like everybody passes. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to fail. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I start hyperventilating. Yeah. As soon as it gets quiet, like he says that pencil on the paper sound. It's like I can hear everything in the room. Like I can hear people. Going, yeah. <laughs> Every little. And then <clears throat> <clears throat> they flip the paper. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what number are they on? Oh my god, that that person got up. That person got up. It needs to be done. I'm only on four. You know. So there's got to be, you know, a happy medium too. Okay, let's find what works for a kid. But also, then there's some things that everybody just has to deal with. You got to learn right. to not distract people in class. Like, you're gonna have to learn to write. Right. You, you know. So, anywho. White noise. Do you think it's a good idea that the schools have a white noise machine? Like every time there's a test thing? Because I almost think that wouldn't be a bad idea. Because I don't think that the whole pencil paper and like distracted by the silence is a singular thing. I mean, I think legit, I would imagine half the class can be like, yeah, kind of feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, if you can listen to music and have some AirPods in or something, I mean, I don't know if that would be a problem or not. Or even the schools have a, a white noise machine, right. something that can go on, like mm-hmm. some type of music. I mean, people do research. Maybe there's something they can put on. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I just, in general, like my house is always noisy. There's always music or a TV or something on. I just, I should like the quiet, but I like background music everywhere. So, like, I wish there was just ambient noise everywhere, everywhere. I went, <laughs> except for outside where it provides itself. Have more kids? <laughs> no, not that kind of noise. When your kids get to be teenagers, like my oldest two, and now, oh, I didn't even tell you this. Now we have a foreign exchange student from Japan living with us. Oh, wow! She is delightful. I wish we had had her the whole time. There was some thing with her host family. My daughter heard and said, "My parents will take you in." So we've had her. Since March, and she's awesome. But it's now it's three teenage girls. Oh boy! House, and there's just times my husband and I just look at each other and like, how did we get here? To put it nicely, we would just want to tell them to go fly a kite (laughs) with their attitudes outside. Not not Akari. She's sweet, but (laughs) she's she's grateful because she's like, oh, this is a long ride back. (laughs) But yeah. So tell me how that happened 
in a sense of a nutshell. Could you imagine sending your kid across the world? No. And, um, you know, I don't know all the details. I don't think it was anyone's fault, but there were just um, some issues with her host family where they had adopted someone out of foster care, um, another teenager, and then there was just some Turmoil issues there. And so... Um, did you... Ha- well, more so, like, did you have to okay it with her parents? Like, how did that There's happen? an exchange program, and so we did have to go through very quickly the application process and screening and background checks and all that. Um, but my daughter just overheard um, this girl crying to a teacher saying, I I need to find a new place to live. I don't know what to do. And she didn't want to change schools in the last couple of months of the school year. Right. But that was looking like the only option. And my daughter hears it. And this is where I felt really proud because she just immediately was like, my, my parents, parents will take you. you in. And I was like, oh, I love that you saw someone in need, wanted to help them, and then felt an, you know good enough about your home and your parents that you're That's- like, no brainer my parents will take you in which was true we had talked about it but we never really planned on doing that so we happen to have a really nice setup that all of them can be on the same level in our basement we moved our son to our guest room on the main floor so they're able to just hang out teenage girl you know hang out have the same bathroom have a living space and it's been really fun. I helped her get ready for prom. She went to prom with some friends. And it, it's just been a really fun time. And all the girls hang out together and are learning a lot from each other. It's really, really cool. That is cool. It's brought our family together, I feel like, because we more intentionally eat dinner together. Well, yeah, because you, know? you have to. It's like a reminder. Uh-huh. Like, we have somebody here that needs support. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting to find out a perspective from someone like that of what Americans are like. And, you know, she says she's pretty honest. She goes, well, American high school is kind of feels like elementary school, (laughs) the way people act. And then um, she said in a nice way, she said, I feel like Americans think they're the only ones in the world. And I was like, yeah, I think that's probably true. We're a little like (laughs) everything's about America. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I can't argue with that. That's probably true. Right. But yeah, it does. It makes me like I would be excited for my kids to do it, but it would make me nervous to have them go across the country. Right. Be stuck in someone else's household. And what if it didn't work out? And then you feel helpless. Right. But she told me that her mom in Japan, we FaceTimed with her and just sweet. She has the same kind of household we do. Two girls and a boy. Um, And they were it was really fun to talk to them. And now that she's having a good experience with us, she signed up to be a host family in Japan for an exchange student. Oh, so awesome. it's pretty cool. I, I told my daughters I would really love for them to see the world because I've seen little of it and travel, but I don't see them taking away from their own high school experience to do it. Right. I think probably college or after, you know, we're going to encourage them. Or Just college. Just go see the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I've hardly been anywhere so i'm like just go do it live life but why not take away some of your college or your high school experience to do it i think i would have but my girls are loving high school and i don't think they would want to i don't think they'd want to miss their family and friends for a year and you know yep i get that so we've even talked about that with post-secondary they're they're like that would be so great get some college credit it makes a lot of sense um, financially just financially and strategically to get done with stuff early but they're like we would just 
I said, you're young. You should just live it up. If you're having a great time in high school. That's good. Because I didn't. <laughs> no, and a lot of people don't. Yeah. So what's the secret? Why are they having such a good time? Um, You know, I don't know. Good I, parents. <laughs> well, thank you. I think that we're more involved than either of our parents were probably just more like emotionally. Like they can come and talk to us. We're just a little bit more involved. We know their friends. We're the house everybody comes to. Yep. And we just... We want them to. So we're like, yes, you can go to that football game. Yes, you can go to that volleyball game and just hang out with your friends. Right. So how do you get more emotionally involved for your kids? Like, how did you do that? Um, I don't know why it's in me, but I like to talk to my kids. I don't I don't not discipline them, but I don't discipline them to a great degree. Usually if they're lashing out. It ends up, let's de-escalate, give it, a, give it a breather, and then what's actually going on? So you kind of, you're like, so it's in, if they flip out, you don't like yell at them and like, hey, you're flipping out, knock it off. Sometimes. Or, and then you're just like, hey, let me, like when you're done, talk to me. Like, is that what kind of you say? Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, you know, get out of here, go take a few minutes, and then let's talk about what's really going on. And then it usually is, well... I'm having problems with this friend at school or I'm having trouble in this class and I don't like this teacher or whatever. Or sometimes it's they're mad at us for something that we did or didn't let them do. But we can just talk about it calmly. Yeah, there's times we've taken away their phone or done that stuff. But usually that doesn't fix the problem. So, But I agree with taking away phones and and car keys. Mm -hmm. I do. We just had a conversation at the gym about this. And there is a beautiful young woman that I work out with and she said, we were just talking as parents and she doesn't have any kids. And she goes, you know what I see is the problem? And I was like, whoa. You know, I love that she has an opinion, right? Yeah. And she goes, nobody, she goes, not nobody. So many parents don't want to be parents. They want to be friends. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're talking about is how parents are, they confuse or don't confuse, but like we make the mistake of like, okay, I'm going to talk to you. So then I'm your friend. And it's like, no, I'm going to talk to you because I'm supportive and, and available emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm still going to have, you're going to be accountable for your actions. You're going to have discipline. And she said that these parents don't take away phones, don't take away car keys, and they come in and she does hair. Mm -hmm. And if she listens to this, she's going to know who she is. <laughs> she does hair and she's like, they sit and tell me about how their child is acting up and they're driving everywhere and not coming home on time. And then when they come home on time, it's this big argument, or not not home on time, they come home late. It's this big argument, but they don't take away the car keys. Right. She said, I just don't understand it. They keep coming in and she does her hair like every six or eight weeks. She's a scheduled kind of. And so she's like, I see them every six or eight weeks and it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. Oh, they're just coming home late all the time. They're driving wherever. They're not telling me where they're going. And she goes, pretty simple. Take away their car keys. Yeah. And I said, well, why do you think that the parents do that? Why do you think they don't take away their car keys? She goes, because it's easy for them because they don't want to have to run their child well, I was around. I going to say, because then you feel like you're punishing yourself. Yep. And so I get that. And um, my husband and I were just talking about this because our girls are on the verge of driving. My oldest has her permit, so she'll get her license this summer. So we're going into that territory. And I want to lay out that, okay, if you lose your driving privileges, let's say it's during the school year, you're taking the bus. Yeah. I am not going to drive you Yeah, and we're because not gonna... I'm not going to punish myself. And if you have a job, you're going to have to explain to that job 
you can't get there. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I was going to say is, so she caveated, I or I challenged her, not challenged her, just had a good conversation, right? And I said, okay, well, what if they have a job? And she goes, too bad. Mm-hmm. If you, like they're 17 or 18, 16, and they have a job and they're driving all over. And she said, they can figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. Phone a friend. And I said, I agree with that completely. And the other thing is, I've noticed this personally, um, Sometimes I think that youngsters use their job as an excuse to run around. And, you know, we all did it. We yeah. all did it. So, like, I did it too, right? But I also think we're you're going to do some of that as a teenager. Yeah. But you have to keep an eye on it as a parent. You have to. It's you our job. Mm-hmm. And so if you say, okay, well, you're going to have a job and I don't want to have to get you there. And then you make the excuse, like, you can't take away my car because I have a job. Well, you're either going to have to figure it out in the sense of get your shifts covered or you're going to have to have a friend. And and you know what I also think is I watched uh, a person. I don't want to say their name because mm-hmm. I watched him say to his daughter, he goes, what time do you have to work tomorrow? And I watched the conversation go down. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's lying to him because she stammered. And she's like, well, in the morning. And he's like, what time do you have to work? He had to ask her again. And, and she goes, well, the afternoon. And he wanted her to watch a sibling and I immediately was like, okay, so she's u- literally using her job as an excuse to not be helpful in the family mm-hmm. and run around. And she clearly is running around. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. And like you said, we all did it. And I'm so um, torn. We do have um, that Life 360 app. Yeah. You know, some people are just like, oh, that's just too much. But is it too much? It's your kid. No. So I. Um, I did make that uh, requirement. Like, I invited my girls when we got it last year, and my oldest goes, um, I prefer not. No, thank you. And I said, this is not Optional. an option if you want to have a cell phone. Yeah. Okay. And I said, yeah, when you're 22, am I going to have you have to do But your safety is my number one concern. Yeah. So I am now able to know. You're, you're my where child. Where you are. You're my child. I'm I need your to mom. know. And when you're out on the roads, it's going to like, and so I know people that are a little bit ahead of me on there and they're catching their kids going 80 miles an hour when they shouldn't be. And then they get their car keys taken away. Right. And now this is where I'm torn because it's, you know, we always talk about the good old days and we didn't have that back then. Right. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing, but also I don't want to watch every single moment of my kids have to like be kids. Right. They have to have a little bit of making mistakes. And they will because you can't watch everything. Right. And kids are smart. So it's, everything is progressive. Like the good old days, right? But in the good (laughs) old days, yeah, we didn't have cell phones, but we had other means. Yeah. And the other thing is you didn't have cell phones and you could do more things and not get caught. Right. And you still knew how to do things (laughs) and not get caught. So it's just a different generation of figuring it out how to not get caught. (laughs) And the parents are like, is she nuts? Yeah. But it's true. I mean, and honestly, you want to give your kids that because it's problem solving. As much as you don't want them to cheat the system, yeah. they're going to figure out how to cheat the system. Totally. Right. Totally. Because they're more advanced in technology. They're going to figure out, oh, well, okay, if I leave my phone here, we'll go here. You know, yeah. you know they're going to do it. Right. But I'm trying to minimize it and know, you know, I right. was like, I'm... Not a dummy. At some point, these kids will probably have a drink or their friends will. Right. I'm like, don't get in the car. As much as you think you'll get in trouble, I want you home in one piece. So right. I'll come get you. I'm not going to say you won't get in trouble, 
at all, but it'll be better than you getting in a car you shouldn't have. Well, when do you start those conversations? Because my son is 11 and a half, and I've started having those conversations about... Yep, Because he's going right. to go into middle school, and I've been talking about drugs. And I said, I straight up told him, I was like, hey, look, some people are going to use drugs in your class mm-hmm. and in your school. And I said, right now, you have a really good core group of friends you do, right? You think you do. And I said, some of your friends are probably going to use drugs. Some of the people that... Right. Or stuff. They're going to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, it doesn't mean they can't be your friend. But I said, it also means that you don't have to be as close to friends anymore. Right. Like, you're going to have to accept that people are going to do things. And I said, it, it doesn't mean you have to, right? Correct. It means that you can make choices regardless of your friendship of them. Yeah, because if they're really your friend, if that's their choice to do it, if they're pressuring you to, then they're not being your friend because right. they should just accept when you say no. Right. For whatever reason, if it's because you just don't want to or you're afraid your parents will get, you know, be so mad or you'll get kicked off of your sports team, whatever it is, they should accept it if they're really your friend. And if not, then they just want to make themselves feel bad, you know, better about the bad decision they're making. Right. Really. Right. They want a companion to let's let's make bad choices together. Right. And <laughs> I told her and I said, you can be confident in who you are. Yeah. I said, you don't need any of that. To make you who you are. Mm-hmm. So remember that. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, oh. And Trayton's my 11-year-old son. He was just like, oh. And I was like, just remember who you are. Like, who you are right now. I mean, you're going to change as a person. But remember, you don't need any of that stuff to make you who you are. Mm-hmm. And I said, some people will. I love that you're having that conversation with him. Now, I can't wait to find out how it goes as he becomes a teenager because you're ahead of me. You think so? Where you're going to have a teenage boy before I do. My son is going to turn 10 this summer. So I'm interested in what he's going to be like as a teenager, whereas I already have 16 and 15-year-old girls and I've watched them change so much over the last year or so in in mostly good ways. But there's just a lot of insecurity, a lot of emotion. um, And we just ride the wave every day. And some days are just so frustrating. (laughs) But other days are just really cool to just start to know them as like Watch their them. own people, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't think teenagers get told that enough. They just get told they don't know anything or this and that. Oh, are they supposed to? They were just born. So, so they're just learning who they are. Right. Give and them a I, break. Right. But I almost think you have to give them a lot more credit. They do know. Yeah. In that book that I'm reading too, Dale Carnegie, it's like, you're going to get more positive results by not criticizing them. You don't know anything isn't going to give you the results you're looking for. We know they don't know as much as you, as you do, right? Mm-hmm. And I, it's like the older I get, the more I love it. Like, yeah. I'm going to be 40 in a couple of years and I'm like, oh, I love it. A couple of my girlfriends turned 40 this year and they were like, oh my God, I'm 40. I was like, yeah, right. I was like, you look awesome. Yeah. Why? I was like, you should walk out and tell everybody I'm 40. Look well, at this. I've been there, done that with 40 and 40s have been the best for me. Really? Oh, yeah, because I just feel like my kids are older. I have a little bit more freedom, and I really care a lot less about what anybody thinks. Right. Sometimes, sure, I'll wish this or beat myself up about stuff, but the insecurity or just I don't know. It's just just not there like it was, even in my 30s. And I think it's because my kids were littler or whatever, or you're just starting to feel like you're getting older and, okay, I'm not young anymore. I still feel young and I, but I have this just, there's just something that changed in me Confidence. and I like it. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same here. I feel like I've gotten that now the last few years. I'd say it's probably, I bet it's been happening since my early 30s. And I'd say my mid 30s, I really noticed a progression of like confidence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gosh, I really like how good I feel about as a mother, as a business owner and like who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't hear that enough of women going, I'm happy with myself. I have things to work on, maybe, right? whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever. But you just don't hear that enough. Like, I like me. I like who I am. I'm doing good stuff. Well, and to take this full circle, that reminds me of the, your little gal that you're being a host parent for. Yep, yep. She, your foreign exchange student, she said that, and like, it's so different, right? And we think we're on the top of the world. We're like, it's only about us as Americans. And I think that goes down to an individual level. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say that is I feel like a lot of women, if you're confident and you're like, I feel good about who I am, they're like, oh my God, she's so conceited. Instead <laughs> of saying, you know what? That's awesome that so-and-so thinks so highly of herself. Like, instead of cutting her down, especially as women, I think women... Truly, and that's an insecurity thing. And I think young girls do it too. Is mm-hmm. Instead of just being like, hey, good for you. Like, I wish I was, how did you get there? How right. did you get as confident as you are? How do I become that? Yeah. Well, actually, I just had this conversation this morning with my 15-year-old because she was telling me one of her classes had a visit from um, the LifeLink helicopter. Oh, boy. My daughter wants to be a pilot. So... Awesome. Not necessarily helicopter, but she she's been talking about it for over a year. I really feel it's like a true interesting goal for her. And it's just been interesting. She's really she's really been into it. Um, so she was saying during the class, the pilot that was there said, is anybody interested in aviation? She goes, I didn't put my hand up, mom. I Why go, not? Why not? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I didn't want to be the only one. No one did. And I said, what do you care be who you are. And don't you think that people would think, wow, I didn't know you were into that. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. That'll be so awesome to see you actually fly a plane. Right. Like, why Why are you worried about what other people think? Right. But it's being 15. Right. Instead of being confident, they're like, oh, they're an egomaniac. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they think it's it has to be negative. Yeah. And that's some of our culture, I think. I, and I, you know what? And I'm going to say, you know what? It's parents' fault. Because our kids become what we are. So Mm -hmm. if you sit there and you're behind closed doors cutting down Jimmy, Johnny, and Joan, you know, Mm -hmm. and the Smiths and the Joneses, like, oh, they have this, they have that. That resonates to kids. And I can tell you, I have noticed that full circle the last couple years. I've gotten really close to my kids. And I've been watching them talk about being around other kids and other parents. And like, well, they were saying this and they were saying that. And I'm like, you know what? Why? Why, why do you care about them? I said, they can be who they want to be. It doesn't affect who you are. Right. Right. Like, you don't have to worry about the Joneses and all the stuff they have. And why does it have to be negative or what they're doing? That goes back to comparison. And I keep telling my kids, like, it's so natural to do. We yep. all do it. Yep. Oh, that person has a nicer, bigger house so how than do you me. Embrace and, oh, that? how do they have that car? And we all kind of like want those things, but I just, I don't know. I still want some other things, but I just go, I have to be happy with where I'm at, you know, or it'll drive you crazy. And I'm like, stop comparing yourself to other people. Right. Stop. But it's easier said than done. And especially when you're an insecure teenager and you're just learning all that. But I've watched, especially my 15 year old, I'm going to tell you, 
the beginning of this school year, she was hiding in the bathroom stall if she didn't have someone to sit by at lunch, crying, calling me, wanting me to pick her up, um, saying she was sick and didn't want to go to school. It was crazy. And just today she was like, I have a lot of confidence this year. And she just doesn't even realize the 180 she's done. And how did you how did you help her do that? I I I helped her a little bit just by being a shoulder to lean on and an ear, but mostly she's figured out who her people are at school. She's on a sports team. She knows them. They've got her back. And she just has people that she now interacts with every day. And she doesn't have to feel so insecure because she goes in as a freshman, not knowing the school, not sure how it all works. And then now it's like she's rocking it. Right. It's great. Because she's a human being and she's social. I mean, it's that need for acceptance Mm -hmm. and like that herd of your people. Yeah. And then the next day it'll be, well, this person didn't talk to me and they must hate me and they're not going to want to be friends anymore. So that's the roller coaster we're on every day. I feel great. Everybody hates me. But I think that we have that all the way through life, don't you? For sure. I can even think of that now. Like sometimes at the gym, I'm like, oh, somebody will make a comment and I'm like, oh, like I kind of think for a second, like, did I make them mad? They don't like me anymore. Like they were. But then I leave and I'm like, oh, wait, they're just trying to make me a better person because I feel like my gym is really about constructive criticism. Right. And that's something I think as Americans and adults, we don't accept very well, Mm -hmm. like constructive criticism, because it's straight up just like you need to do this better. You need to like it was my push ups the other day. Like, hey, Joe, you need to go like strict all the way down. And it was like, huh? And I was making a modification because it was a long round of push ups. But it was one of those things I left and I'm like, does she not like me anymore? We're we not as good as friends. I mean, it was the same thing. And I'm 38, right? I but- do the same thing all the time. I'll tell you, oh, I'm good. And then, oh, I don't know. I haven't reached out. Are they mad at me? Right. <laughs> no, we're all just busy. Right. <laughs> Everybody's got crap going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have to accept that everybody's a human being, yeah. right? Don't take that out of it and just like, okay. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what they have going on. So you just, and that part I read, I also read the four agreements and it's like, it's not you, right? Uh Somebody else's reaction to you isn't you. It isn't what you are. It's about them. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and it truly, it is true. Like, oh yeah, it's not about me. It's about them. Like, were they, her thing I think was like, she truly wanted to be that good at her pushups. And I agree with her. I should be. But that was like she saw that same goal for me as she did for herself. That's yeah. why she said it to me. Like, you need to be as, and she didn't say you need to be as good as me, but she thought, okay, we have the same goal. We have the same goal. So right. you need to do your push ups better. And it's like, we don't have the same goal. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> I'll look at that as sport, right? <laughs> but, but okay, there's some quote, I don't know where it came from. It could have even been from that Dale Carnegie book, but it's kind of like, you can't control other people's opinion of you. Right. Right. So you can try all you want. And I think uh, you and I both, as different as our careers are, uh, I'm on the radio. My my job, I feel like, is to be liked all the time. <laughs> you know, I want people to like me. Yeah. So I have a hard time ever saying anything that would make anybody offended, not like me, even if it's not offensive, even if it's just I don't know. But and then you want people to choose you as a realtor. Mm-hmm. So it's different. But you want people to make that choice. You want people to be comfortable you want everybody with this I want everybody to like me right in a stressful process mm-hmm. selling or buying a house or whatever um but yeah you can't like if you try to please everybody you, you just can't. can't so you might as well be who you are right and the people who don't like you don't like you and right. don't 
uh, it was like, God, I was having a hard time with it one time where I was just like, why doesn't this person like me? And then I had to just let it go and be like, right. I'm going to concentrate on loving the people who love me and not worrying about the people who don't like me because they don't, it doesn't matter. Right. And in it's my not life. personal. It's yeah. not personal. That's the other thing is like, okay, if you don't like me, that's okay. It's not personal. We're, you you can't have everybody like you. For some reason, different personalities just gel and some don't. Yeah. And so I think you got to go home. And when you talk about who you are and like getting people to like you, I feel like that's a huge thing for sales. Mm-hmm. It, and, and even in life is be the best version of you you can be. Write down who you are. And, yeah. And that's been part of my success as a realtor is I'm not trying to be anybody else. Right. And I'm very open with like, this is how I roll things. I'm a pusher. I'm a scheduler. I'm on base. I'm going to set expectations. I'm going to set realistic expectations. And then, but most of all, most of all, last but not least, I'm going to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very good boundary setter with my clients because it's like, you have a life and I want you to know, hey, I'm going to shake your hand. Guess what? I'm a mother of three and I have a life. Yep. And And that's, that's so key to setting boundaries. And I think a lot of women have a hard time with that. Yeah. And then they get mad and they Mm -hmm. get upset and they get emotional and it's somebody else's fault because you're overextended. Mm -hmm. And I think as young women, we do that too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because it goes back to that people pleasing. Well, I better do this because they're just going to get mad at me. And, oh, I just really need to, you know what? No, you don't need to be texting me at seven o'clock on a Sunday night when I'm hanging out with my family. We'll deal with it on Monday at work. Okay, I got a thing. This is whatever. a seg- complete segue, but can we ask the cell phone companies to figure out how you can read a text and leave it on red so it reminds <laughs> you to go back to it? Because I get those texts. Oh, like, that reminds you. Yeah, oh, well, like yeah. you don't le- like you can read it and you're like, oh, because I'll get texts at like five in the morning from people and people are like no way what and then they're like wait a minute i did text my realtor at that time and you're like okay i read it because you look at it and you're like what yeah and then i read it and then i forget to respond because i'm not going to respond to that it's five six o'clock no. uh, but i want to respond later and if it's on if i can read it mark it to be unread and then go okay that it, that's still in my inbox i'll re- i'll respond when i read it later that is actually brilliant because in your email, thank you. you can, I get the rights for that. <laughs> you can flag stuff to follow up, you know, yeah. in your email. Yeah, but I I do the same thing. I mean, texts yep. come up if I'm driving, it will tell me. Yeah. But I don't I don't pick up my phone because I I have, but I don't. I try you don't want really. To. I don't. I put it away. Um, so I know that a text came, but I look at it later. Or like you said, it's a inconvenient time making dinner, doing yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then I forget to get back to people uh-huh. all the time. Uh-huh. It took me like three days to get back to my own mom this week. I was like, sorry. I did the same to my sister and my best friend. And I was like, oh, dang. And then I had the epiphany. I was thinking of you. Yeah. But, uh, but I read whoops. it and I was busy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it just happens, everybody. But that is really brilliant. Can you flag something, follow up on this text? Because then it gets buried. Yeah. And, and then you totally forget. Yep. That is a brilliant idea. I know. I get the, what do they call those? The royalty rights yes, to that. That's co- my invention. You you copyright that or patent yeah, it or whatever it is. This is dated and time stamped. <laughs> What's the date today? May 6th. It's 1124. Well, we did a good uh, positive affirmation show today. Yeah. Is that what I it guess. is? I don't know. We just started talking. Right. And I want to I leave it with um my daughter's second grade teacher said this to me because my daughter was having some issues at recess. You know, was kind of just having mm. a bellyache a lot. And she goes, what's going on? And I kept talking to my daughter. She wouldn't tell me. But I figured it was some drama at recess, right? And she goes, well, I told her, I said, I told her, I said, Lydia, is it is it a healthy friendship or an unhealthy friendship? 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 38. And like, how much can that resonate with you your entire life? Is this a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship? Mm, that gets into a whole other thing too, especially with adult friendships. And it's yeah hard to let it go. But it's like, oh my God, they just suck so much out of me. Right. They're not a bad person. But I just I just don't want to do this no. anymore. So that's my little tip for life. And it, I think you need to, I think as we are parents, I think you should tell your children that early. Mm-hmm. Second graders, like, is it a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship? Start planting the seed because truly the better people we are, the better children we have, mm-hmm. the more the nation as a whole and people as a whole are better people. Yeah. Does this person make you feel good when you hang out? Are they always trying to get you to do things that make you uncomfortable or feel bad about yourself? Oh, so many things that you got to teach kids early. It's overwhelming. No wonder we all get overwhelmed with parenting. (laughs) My my husband the other day is like, I'm just done. And I was like, you can't be. I sort of see why. Maybe I don't even know statistically, but it seems like, you know, marriages and stuff like that can break up a lot when you get to this point i'm like it's hard mm-hmm. i mean it's all hard but teenage stuff is hard well you have to be together on it because i know there's a yeah. couple i can i think can think of them right now and she hides what their teenage daughter is doing and i'm like yep that's the same response i had she goes well i don't always tell my husband i'm like that's a terrible thing to do mm-hmm. a terrible thing so if you if she what she's doing you can't tell your husband, her dad, her father, what she's doing. Then a first clue is she shouldn't be doing it because you're <laughs> right. clearly not. you're hiding it. You're hiding it and you're not on the same page that she should be doing it. And you're supposed to be each other's core. So mm-hmm. like you should be talking about these things. Like maybe you should say to your daughter, why don't you wait and not keep doing that? And your dad or I are going to have a chat. Yeah. I mean, oh gosh, we're not there yet. This is making me break out into a sweat. Wipe <laughs> <laughs> my hands. Wipe my hands. <laughs> but all right. oh, that's a whole yeah. It it's just hard. It's all hard. How to grow, how to live, and how to parent. Right? <laughs> okay, so if any of that relates into needing to buy or sell a home, especially if you want to sell it faster, how can people find you, Joe? Uh, Real Estate by Joe online, as always, right down by Big Ole and Alexander. We also have a Glenwood office. And um, what? Stop in. Coffee's always on. I'm just kidding. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Real Estate by Joe. We sell faster, hardworking Minnesota farm girl. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. 
Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.